0: I wish you could feel that sound. That's powerful, church. Mm -hmm. It really is. You sound good. Amen? Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Awesome. Yeah, let's just praise God. Come on, here we go. Here we go. (laughs) Love that will never, ever let us go. Can I get an amen, church? This is the love we step into today and every day. It's an amazing Kind of love good morning i 'm so glad you 're here i 'm so glad to be with you i 'm so glad that today we get to gather in this place and worship jesus and i 'm fully aware that as you come into this room today, uh, there is a lot going on in your life and um, I want to invite you and I know this is hard to do it 's hard for me to do but I want to just invite you to push pause on whatever it is that is weighing on your brain right now and just for the next few minutes let 's turn our hearts together uh, towards towards god and um, And just trust him, trust him to work. You know, God often works in invisible ways, behind the scenes, and and we don't know till we know what he's done. And uh, it's just an amazing thing, our God. Uh, today, we, uh, we're going to step into a new series, but before we do that, so a lot of you were traveling last week. Did, are you still enjoying the brand new carpet we have? Is it fantastic? It's uh, It looks amazing. Yeah? Yeah? Praise God for that. We can praise God for everything this morning if you want to. I don't really have to preach. We can just clap. It's, uh, it's, uh, it looks fantastic. Thank you. At the end of our time, we'll have an invitation. I expect to see someone coming down front. Some of you have asked, what's next? As you sit on these uh, pews that are over 20 years old, uh, you look at them. Well, don't look at them because it might disgust you a little bit. But uh, you think, well, they're they're good. They're still standing. What you don't see is in the closets over here, the piles of broken pews that Wilson, who, by the way, does so much for this church. Uh, Yeah, we can praise God for Wilson too. He keeps these things like propped up, and uh, we're just all praying that a Sunday doesn't happen where someone's sitting in worship and doesn't just flat out fall over, not because of the Spirit of God, which would be amazing, but because the pew actually broke. Um, We haven't really made any decisions, but we do have these nice comfy chairs, and if you want to come look at one of these and talk to one of our elders, they can tell you more about it, Uh, but they are fantastic, and I may sit here for a minute as we talk this morning and uh, just enjoy something that you aren't. Uh, But um, (laughs) you can try these out after church if you would like to, and we'd love to. Tell you more about that. Today we are beginning a new series on the five love languages, and I'm really excited about this. This is a great time to invite friends because so many people uh, recognize the five love languages. They know about this. It's been around for over 20 years. It's a great, a great thing. Um, We're doing this for a couple of reasons, and the first is because it's it's a part of our next uh, campaign launch with the At Home Center for our families. So to to really just tell you just a quick deal about that, because if you have a family, if you're part of a family, if you if you know somebody that has a family. This can really help you in a big way. It's all, I want to invite Rhonda Cullum, our, our children's minister, to come up and just tell you a little bit about what we're doing as a part of this uh, from that perspective. So, Rhonda, take it away.
0: Well, this week, most of you should have received an email um, with a link to the profile for the Love Languages. If you did not, it's all up on our website. All these resources are up on our website. If you have family, friends that you would love to point to that website, They can get everything that we're giving you today. Um, When you walked in, there's a photo booth set up. So if you have figured out the love languages for you and your family, we'd love for you guys to take a picture. Um, Hold up what your love language is. Mine's quality time. Um, And just take a picture and post it on social media so that we can all kind of share that and see what your love language is. Um, in Bible class this morning, all the kids received a door hanger. So when you figure out your children's love language, we'd like you to hang this on their door. And so every time you walk in their room, you're reminded of what their love language is and that you can speak to them in that love language. Um, they, they also received a little cube in class today with a game that the family can play together. So take this home, figure out what those love languages are, and do these activities with your kids. Um, love languages is not just for you know married families couples we have single copies so there's activities to do if you're single to figure out your love language and how to better relate to your friends and um, we have fa- one for families with children um married couples and then families with teenagers it's great because i think the teens this morning in class did the profile so it was cool having them come up and go mine's quality time mine's you know physical touch um I think it'll change the way we love as a church. It changes the way you love people. Um, This week we got new carpet in our offices, so we were in the library. So Jason... And Grayson and I were in there having a heyday because we are quality time. And so us having to share the library office for a day was our love language. You know, so it helps. It's going to help you with your relationships with people, with our church, with outside of our church. And so we're just really excited about this. I also need to thank Michelle Weber because she spends countless hours getting all this ready. So all these tables that have the resources, the banners, all of that. um, Thank you, Michelle, for doing that for us. So, yes. And her love language is not public, drawing attention to her. Uh, bring her a gift, that's hers. Um, so, anyway, just thank you. We love that you are participating in this. We hope that it'll be exciting for our church and exciting for our community and that lives will be changed from it.
1: Awesome. Thank you, Rhonda. So, that's the, the first reason. The second reason is, and, and many of you know this, is that Jesus was once asked, what, what are the two most important things? And he said, He said this. He said, First, love, love God. That's it, that's, that's numero uno. Second, love each other. So what would it be like for us to spend time, to spend a little bit of time together thinking about how, how can we love each other better? If this was so important to Jesus, maybe we should talk about this. How can we actually love each other better? And here's, here's the big news, and you know this, is that we all experience love and receive love and encounter love in different ways. And the way that makes me feel love may not be the same way that makes you feel loved. And I can try my hardest to to love you the way that that I experience love. But if you don't speak the same love language, if we don't communicate in the same way about love, then I could do all that I wanted to do to, 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 to express my love for you or to tell you how much I appreciate you. But you may never, ever even know it because we're speaking different languages. Dr. Gary Chapman came up with this some uh, over 20 years ago. He he stumbled across this. He's a anthropologist, psychologist, author, speaker. He found out, he discovered through his research, through his time with people, that people, he believes, and I think he's probably right, speak maybe five different love languages. Five different ways that people speak or experience or communicate or receive love. And if we can learn, if we can if we can figure out how each one of us communicates experiences, receives, understands love, that could totally change everything for us, right? It could change your marriage. Some of you, it has changed your marriage. It could change the way you parent your kids, if you understand how they receive love, how they understand love, how they feel loved. It could change your relationships with your friends, with your your extended family. And think about this. What what if you were able, uh, as you learned more about this, To to begin to unravel the mystery of how people in your circles, people that maybe for whatever reason that are your friends in the community who are far from God, your neighbors, your coworkers, people that that you interact with on a weekly basis. If you begin to understand how they experience love, and then maybe that would open up a door, an opportunity for you to share the love of Christ with them as you begin to speak a love language that, that they understand. Wouldn't that be an amazing opportunity Again, there's five different love languages. You probably know what they are, but we'll put them on the screen so you know. The first is words of affirmation. The second is quality time. Then there's receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And in each one of those, in each one of those, and some of you may be bilingual, but each one of those is a different way that you either speak or receive love. And some of you may, may maybe you, it's a couple of those that rise to the top. Maybe it's, it's just one. I don't know. How many of you, today we're going to talk about words of affirmation. How many of you have taken this before and you know that your love language is words of affirmation? Show of hands. Good. You guys are some of my favorite people. I love you. I think you're awesome and amazing. <laughs> I'm so glad you're here today, and I'd love to talk to you more later and tell you how much I appreciate you. I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for the rest of you that haven't done this yet, um, I'll put it on the screen. The, to go to the website today. Uh, don't do it while I'm talking. Do it when I get done. 5 uh, slash profile. Take the assessment. It's real easy. You can do it on your device and you'll discover what maybe your primary or what a couple of your love languages are that rise to the top for you. What I want to do for us as a church is each week I want to invite someone to the stage to help me who speaks this love language and to help maybe all of us Understand, especially those of us who don't speak that love language, how 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 this language works for them and how they understand love because they speak this love language. So this morning, I want to invite uh, our friend Ryan Paganoff to come up and join me on the stage. If you want to clap for him since you're in the clapping mood today, we can do that. And uh, Ryan speaks words of affirmation, right? Yes, absolutely. So. what I want to do this morning is just ask Ryan three questions and let him kind of help all of us maybe understand how this works, how this love language works, and, and how, you know, how this, you know, uh, helps you understand how you experience love. So, words of affirmation. Tell us, um, tell us how it makes you feel when, when someone tells you or maybe writes a note or compliments you, but they use words to encourage you and to, to, to bless you in that way. How does that, how does that work for you?
2: Well, it... It does a lot of things uh, for me, but the primary thing that it does for me is it serves as as a, a blessing and a, and a motivator, uh, really. I, Truthfully, I, I struggle with, with receiving compliments uh, really well, very introverted, and a lot of times I'll question whether or not I deserved that, that compliment, those words of affirmation. But at the very least, what those words will do for me is it will help Create a new kind of identity that maybe I didn't realize I had or that I want to have. And it makes me want to live into those words and be the kind of person that that person just called me into being and and has identified me as as being.
1: Can you think of maybe a time here recently where someone did that where they they complimented you or said something to you that was very affirming and, and just how that made you feel in that moment? Is there a story there?
2: Uh, absolutely. Uh, really, this has been kind of an ongoing thing, actually. As, as many people here know, I'm, I'm in the midst of, of a job search process. Been going through that for, for a little while. And, you know, that kind of process is rarely easy, rarely yeah. fun. And it has a lot of potential for, uh, for things to, to go badly, especially in a relationship. And my wife, Julie, has been absolutely phenomenal in, in her support. And uh, she's been constantly speaking words of, of various kinds of affirmation. And she not only speaks them to me individually, she speaks them to me in front of our children and in front of our friends. And so that it not only gives me a private kind of identity with her, it establishes a certain kind of identity in front of people that mean a lot hmm. uh, there. And so she has been absolutely incredible in, in this process.
1: I know we all know this, but, you know, different people, their words carry a different weight. And so when your wife blesses you in that way and speaks those words, I'm, that has to carry a lot of weight with you. And then when she does that in front of others, that just really means a lot, I have to imagine, right? Absolutely. That's amazing. One more question, and I thought this would be good to ask because I think this is an interesting perspective. Because we all receive love from God and if this is true if dr chapman's right and and we we have we speak one of maybe five or a couple of different languages love languages how how do you think this relates to your relationship with god and how you experience and understand the love of god
2: well the first thing that it does is it reinforces and reminds me that there is in fact a relationship i mean i, I don't know about anyone else but Uh, more often than I care to admit, I fall into the trap of talking about God in very abstract and distant terms. And the thing about words of affirmation is that kind of an inherent aspect of them is that uh, to offer words or to receive words of affirmation, you have to acknowledge the presence of someone else, uh, of either the giver or the receiver there. And so it it reinforces the reality of that relationship uh, for me. And, and, uh, and it strengthens it in, in the midst of that. Wow. That's
1: awesome, man. Thank you, Ryan. I really do appreciate uh, And I don't, I'm not just saying that I really do appreciate <laughs> <it>. <laughs> you coming up and doing that. So. <clears throat> so now whenever I say something nice to anybody, they're going to wonder if I'm just really, you know, <sighs> trying to pull out of there. Hey, words of affirmation. What, if, what if this is true? What if it's true that we speak different love languages One of my favorite places to go, uh, some of you have other places that you love to go uh, to do mission work, whether it's Honduras, DR, wherever, all over the world. I know we've gone a lot of places. One of my personal favorites, our family has gone to a lot over the last 20 years is a place in Mexico. And every time we go, we work with these kids and they all speak Spanish, right? And every time I go, like I had two years of high school Spanish, so I know enough to squeak by. But every time I go, I come home with a strong desire to learn the language better, to learn how to speak Spanish better. Why? Because I want to be able to communicate with these people I love so much. I, I just want to. I want to learn. I want to know more words so that we can talk more and play more and have more fun and we can communicate. I think if we were to, to somehow get a hold of this idea that, that that if we could love each other so much the way Christ loves us that, and we want to show and, and, and communicate that love, I think it would draw us into wanting To be able to learn each other's love languages so that we could communicate how much we really do care and love each other. Oh man, your words matter. Our words matter. But we live in a world, and and I know this isn't breaking news, but man, we live in a world right now where it's the climate is so negative. And we Even in this church, we struggle with this. And even in our communities and our circles, we struggle with this. We see it on the news. We see it on the media. Everywhere we go, it's all around us. People use words to hurt. They use words to tear people down. They use words to complain. We use words with sarcasm, trying to be funny, but even that really hurts sometimes. We use words laced with anger. And over and over again, wherever you turn, wherever you look, it is not hard to be discouraged. Even if words of affirmation is not your primary love language, It is not hard to be discouraged. But this is not the way it's supposed to be. In fact, for you and I as followers of Jesus, this is one of the ways we are called to live different. It's by the way we speak. It's by the way that we love. I want to start with just two or three short verses just to remind us of what the Bible says What Jesus says, what the Word of God says about how we are supposed to be as followers of Jesus. So let me just hit these real quick, and I'm going to read them. And every time you see the word love, it'll probably be in red. I want you to say that word out loud with me. Let's just say those words together. I'll start. When you see the word love, let's say the word together. In 1 John, we read this. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. He later said this, dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us and his love is brought to full expression in us. Then John 13, Jesus said these words, now I'm giving you a new commandment. What is it? Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for, each, for one another will prove, it's going to prove. It's going to prove that you are my disciples. This is how people who don't know Jesus are going to come to know Jesus. It's because you love so hard. You love so well. You're gonna, your life is going to look so different because you love so well that they're going to look at your life and it's going to prove to them they're going to know something's different about you what is it oh jesus you're a follower you're one of those you're a follower of jesus and they're not going to know that because you're holding up a sign (laughs) they're not going to know that because they saw you pull out of your driver's driveway on Sunday morning, they're going to know that because of your love. Over, well, it's eight times in the Bible we're told to love each other. It's one of the most repeated commands in all of Scripture. And so much of Scripture is dedicated to reminding us that this is how we are to live. I want to share with you just one passage. We're going to hop around. If you have a Bible or a device, if you want to turn it on or open up to Ephesians 4, I want to read some of these words. These are written by a man named Paul, a man who used to complain about Christians, a man who used to kill Christians, then had his life completely and radically and totally changed by Jesus. He planted this church in Ephesus, a really important city back in its day. And he was there over three years. He loved these people. He had led these people. And so he wrote to these people. And I want you to hear what he said. He could have said anything. This is what he put up at the top in this short letter to his friends, these followers of Jesus in the city of Ephesus. He said this in Ephesians 4. We'll start in verse 1. He said, Therefore I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy, worthy of your Calling, let that sink in. For you have been called by God. Always, always, always be humble and gentle. Be patient. Be patient with each other. Make allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, He says, you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. And then verse 21, he said, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off, put aside, put behind you your old sinful nature, your former way of living, which was corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature created, to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And this is what it's gonna look like, verse 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. In fact, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Wow. Literally, if you wanna go just, just, just translate this word for word, it literally says, let no corrupt Communication. Don't you love that? Don't let any corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Only that which is good for edifying. And I love, I love literally, it says, not not that you can encourage, it's a good word, but even more precise, so that you can minister grace. You like that? So that every word you speak can minister grace to the hearers. And why? Why shouldn't we let corrupt communication come out of our mouths? Why shouldn't we use foul or abusive language? Is it because it's sinful and wrong? Well, maybe, but that's not the reason Paul gives. Is it because it's it's offensive to God? Well, maybe, but that's not the reason Paul gives. The reason Paul says that we shouldn't use foul or abusive language, the reason Paul says we shouldn't let anything corrupt come out of our mouths. Why? It's so that, everyone who hears this talk will be encouraged that's why so that every word you speak can minister grace and boy this is a game changer isn't it church Oh, man, church, if, if, we, if we just did this, when you came to church, you ought to leave every Sunday as some of the most encouraged people on the planet, right? Because when you come in this place, we're all just ministering grace. We're, every word we speak, we're speaking blessing. Every word we speak is a word of encouragement. Every word we speak is a word of affirmation. And not just that, this changes the game when we leave this place, when we scatter to the four winds outside these four walls. Because everyone we come into contact with, we're speaking words of grace. We're speaking words of encouragement everywhere we go. This is our default language. It's the language of encouragement. And I'll tell you what, in this world, that's a stark contrast. What if you tried this? What if you tried just for the next 24 hours? That may be too long. Let's let's go from now to lunch. (laughs) What if every word you say between now and lunch was only words of encouragement and words that were helpful? Could we do that? Man, it'd be tough. That's a game changer. But this is how we're called to live. This is how we're called to speak as people who follow Jesus. That every word we said would be a word of encouragement, a ministry of grace. I love that. When I was in student ministry, I did it for a lot of years, before every mission trip, I was telling someone the other day we did this. We would gather the, the teens in a big circle before we'd go off and, and, and go on a trip, and I'd give everybody in the circle a rubber band. And I say, put this on, wear this bracelet, and here's what I want you to do. Uh, over the next few days on this trip, something's gonna go wrong. Like, it's not all gonna work out the way we think it will. We have a detailed schedule, we've got where we're gonna be and what we're supposed to do, but I can tell you, because I've done it before, it's not gonna happen that way. <laughs> Something, something's gonna change. Something's gonna be different than what we're planning or expecting. When that happens, I want to remind you to be flexible. All right? When that happens, you're gonna be tempted. You're going to be tempted to complain. You're going to be tempted to to be negative, to say negative words. You're going to be tempted to gripe or to vent or we, we use these other words to make it sound better than it really is. But, you know, it's just not going to work out very well if we all do that. And if you hear someone speaking that way, if you hear someone complaining, if you hear someone being negative, being down, being whatever, you have my permission to pop that rubber band, ouch. You know? Yeah, exactly. And so that would happen and that would snap them back into the reality of, oh yeah, oh yeah, things aren't going to go the way we planned, but we have a calling on this trip to be different, to speak different, to use different words, to remember that there is a God and He is in control, and whichever way this goes, it's gonna be okay. So let's let everything that we say, let all of our speech, let every word we speak, oh, let it be, let it be words of encouragement, let it be words that are helpful. Maybe we should pass out rubber bands as you leave church today, right? To remind us all to be flexible, to remind us all to speak words of encouragement. This is this is who we are to be. And the big reason why, I mean, the little reason is so that everything we say will be encouragement. But the big reason comes next. Paul says this in Ephesians 5, verse 1. And I, I love his why. I love his reasoning. I love his thinking. This is why we do this. Because we want to imitate God in everything that we do. Because we are his dear children. Why do we speak different? Why are the words that we choose to say different? Because we imitate God. Why? He's our father. And we are his kids. And everything we say reflects on him. And that is no small thing. Live a life filled with, say it with me, church, love. Following the example of Christ. That's why we do this. We follow the example of Christ. Did Christ ever speak an unkind word? He loved us and offered Himself as a sacrifice for us. And it was a pleasing aroma to God. A few weeks ago, this sign was pinned up in a whole Whole Foods store. I love it. The flyer pinned on the board as you walked in said this: "Please," uh, oh, it said, uh, "Your smile is beautiful." And you can imagine as everyone walked in this whole food store that day, they saw that sign, read those simple words, your smile is beautiful. Everyone smiled. Like it just encouraged them to read those words, to read, to see those words, to be encouraged by those words. But right below it, I don't know if you can see it, in fine print it says this. It says, please take a compliment. You deserve it. To spread a little more kindness, grab one for a friend too. And if you can see in the picture, every single compliment has been torn off the page. Words matter. Your words matter. And people are desperate to hear words of encouragement, words of blessing, words of affirmation. Every time I'm working with a young couple that's about to get married, I always tell them the same thing. I tell them this. God has chosen you. He has put you into her life or he has put you into his life for you. For you to be the manifest presence of the love of God to them for the rest of your life. In other words, he's chosen you to show them to be the physical, you know, reality of his unconditional love toward them for the rest of your life. This is what a beautiful marriage looks like, right? And so things aren't always going to go well. They're not always going to go right. You're not always going to be perfect. But for you to love them the way Christ loves them, that's why Christ put you here. And that's not just true in marriage. That's true for us as a church. That's why we are here, church. We are here to be the manifest physical presence of Christ to the world, to people outside of these four walls. And one of the ways that we communicate his love is literally with our words. And there are people in your life right now, in this room and outside of this room, whose primary way of understanding and receiving love, their love language is words of affirmation. And they need to hear you speak. do. They need to hear you speak words of encouragement, words of affirmation. This may not be your primary love language. You may not get it. But for somebody else, it matters. And for somebody else, your words hold the power to communicate the love of Christ. Your words hold that kind of power. Will you speak? Will you use them to communicate the love of Christ to someone else? I have a really simple thing I want all of us to do this week. Some of you, you do this by default. You're just, this is natural for you. Some of us, it's gonna be a sacrifice because we don't like to say nice things to people. We just, it's awkward. We don't, you know, you can write a note. It's fine. Send an email, a text is great. This week, find a way to speak words of affirmation to someone. I want all of us to do this, to step into this reality, to step into this truth, that we, our words have the power to communicate the love of Christ. Find a way this week to affirm someone. And not all of does not all affirm Orion. I know that's his love language, and you can do that. <laughs> but let's all pick someone and communicate to them. Communicate to them the love of Christ. Of Christ with words. Because even if this isn't their primary love language, our words matter. Our words carry weight. And we can use our words in a God-honoring way to be ministers of grace and encouragement. Maybe the most Christ-like thing we can do is just speak words of love and grace to someone else. Church, if you would, let's stand. Let's stand. God is the author of words of affirmation. I love the story when Jesus is in the water and he's going to be baptized by John, the heavens open. And the audible voice of God said these words, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. Man, what did that mean to Jesus to hear those words from his father that day? Jesus, looking at some of his closest followers and disciples, right before he was going to die, looked around the room and he said, love each other the way I have loved you. Shortly before that, Jesus said these words. He said, greater love is no one than this that he laid on his life for his friends. Then Jesus went on to the cross where he died for you and me because we are his friends. Words matter. Our words matter. And what I want to be true of us is that we are a church that speaks words of affirmation to all those around us. Why? Because of the example of Jesus. Because of Jesus. The truth is, all the ancient words of Scripture have spoken of God's love for you and me. And today we stand in his presence because of his love for us. And my prayer is that this week we would go from this place and we would carry that love to those around us the same.